Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London this week, Ben in LA and Andy in San Fran. Matt, what was your football highlight of game week 29? Well, there were loads of really good goals scored um, in the last two game weeks. But um, the one that I'm going to pick out is the uh, Trippier's fine pass into the back of the net with um, the OG against Loris. Um, I just I just kind of like the fact that it, it proves that you, you do these things in five a side and you're kicking around, you, you see these football players and you think, oh, they're just amazing. They can do everything perfectly. And then they just absolutely calamitous stuff that looks like what we do in a kickabout on a weekend. Um yeah, comical own goal. It's always always quite amusing. It was a quality finish. Like it, if it was a striker, just kind of passed it on like past him. Yeah, it wasn't one of those own goals. Where it was like, oh well, he was trying to clear it. He was maybe a bit unlucky. It was just proper comic pass back goes horribly wrong. The the best thing I saw on the internet this week was um, Trippi, that Trippier own goal, but overlaid on the commentary where Trippier scored that free kick in the World Cup. Oh yes, I heard about that one. <laughs> it, was so good. it was so amazing. Uh, but yeah, loved it. Nice one, um, Ben. What was your football highlight of the week? Uh, my football highlight was yesterday's game, Manu Southampton. Um, don't know if you guys saw it, but a lot of quality goals. Uh, the first one from uh, Southampton's right back, Valerie. I think that was his first goal in the Premier League. Top corner, beating De Gea, hard to do. And then I think Pereira scored his first Premier League goal again. Another really good finish from outside the box. Um, James Ward-Prowse free kick was really good as well. And then I think Lukaku's goals were very well taken too. So yeah, a lot of bangers in that game. Um, and it was really entertaining to watch. I thought Southampton were really good and really took it to Man United as well. So um, as well as the last minute winner for Man U. So yeah, good game. I really enjoyed watching it. Yes, it's turned. It's completely turned on its head. Entertaining football at Old Trafford again. And you know, late goals to win it. And that's like the uh, old times. Yeah, it is. Andy, I have a feeling that you have an amazing stat for us. For your highlight. I do have an amazing stat for you. So um, today, at the end of the the Liverpool Everton game, was the first time this season, all season, that Virgil Van Dijk was dribbled dribbled past, which is an incredible statistic for somebody who's been uh, like. The, he's got of all Liverpool players this season, he's got the most minutes, I think, as well. To as a defender, who so have not been dribbled past all season, is just amazing. Um, who did it? Do you know who who went past? On Andre Gomez. Um, I read the stat in um, on Football Three Six Five during the week um, that there's only that actually. I'm not sure what what, what the cutoff is. It's something like um, players who've who've made at least three starts or something like that. Um, but there is only one other player in the in the whole of the league who has. Um, less than 10 been dribbled past um, and they have one. So now Virgil van Dijk and this player are level on one. Can anyone guess who that player is? Aaron Wambasaka. Is the right answer. Yeah. Good guess. You've seen that stuff no. before? No, I saw that he has the most tackles in Europe this season. They showed it on Match of the Day last night. I thought that was just really impressive because it's something you don't really notice in a game how often that you know, fullback is getting a tackle in, but the most in Europe mm. is pretty incredible. Maldini would be a fan. <laughs> yeah. He always yeah, had the theory he's... that, yeah, if you had to tackle, then you were, yeah, you're doing badly. Yeah, you let them get the ball and dribble at you. That's cheap. That's, that's, that's already bad performance. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, he's a bad defender. Well, okay, we'll see. Um, 
my football highlight of the week uh, was I, I feel like I watched a lot of slightly turgid games um, this weekend. A lot of derbies that were quite close and tense and um, not particularly entertaining. But uh, I did enjoy the fact that Arsenal again kind of raised their game for a big game, which is a bit of a change from the Venki years. Uh, I kind of got used to being slightly embarrassed in some of the big games, but Emery's really got them up for these big games and they really seem to be quite tenacious. And, you know, whether it's Guendouzi or Xhaka or um, Torreira, um, just really high energy. And it's nice to actually see, it seems like we have a plan, a different plan, a pragmatic plan for each of the games. And Emery kind of, I think his plan was, you know, high energy. He had Guendouzi high energy in the first half, took him off at halftime, on came Torreira, um, you know, Lacazette played, I think, you know, up to 50, 60 minutes, something like that. And then Aubameyang came in. So a lot of freshness and energy. And then Ozil came in at the end of the game to kind of create chances while Tottenham was stretched. It just seemed like he had a, a game plan, which never really felt the case with Bing. It was all a bit, you know, the same plan every time. So, yeah, it was Arsenal's performance. Nice to see us playing, playing up to the big games. And shame that Aubameyang yeah. missed the penalty I was say, for you, Matt. It was a real shame right at the end, wasn't it? It was, uh, actually. I was, Even though he's in your team and we're, <laughs> going, we're kind of vying for the top of our league, mini league at the moment, I, I was desperate for him to score that. He's not a good penalty taker. Um, he should have let someone else. He could have got an assist. I'd have settled for that. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect segue into talking about your game week, Matt. How did it go apart from Aubameyang? Oh, frustrating. It went very frustratingly. Um, so I had two penalty misses in my team. Uh, Pogba, my captain, uh, which I think a lot of people had captain as well. So minus two for many players. Uh, but Aubameyang as well, who, who didn't even start the game, which I was surprised by. Um, I just thought that the, the derby might be a sort of kind of high goal scoring affair. So I put Son and Aubameyang both in my team. And I benched uh, Gonzalo Yossa, who then got 11 points because uh, I'd heard that he might get rested. Well, the Wolves might be resting players. And he played 47 minutes or 46 minutes and then got, got goal assist, two bonus points, 11 points. And uh, yeah, so I've got a really, really good bench. Wan-Bissaka got five, Baruch got six, Anderson got three and Jota got 11. But the rest of my team didn't do that much. So I'm, I'm sat on 38 points at the moment with uh, clean sheets to Edison, Duffy and Robertson. And then uh, my signing from last week, Jimenez, came good this week. So that at least was satisfying. Yeah, I mean, you say it's a frustrating week, but probably in quite a low scoring week. I think you've done quite well considering, you know, you've picked up points like Duffy, who you brought in recently, Jimenez, you brought in recently, have made a real difference. And even Edison, who you, you thought was a bit of a, an error money-wise, you know, he's got you a clean sheet as well. So I think you're going to be, well, you're ahead of all of us, at least even though you've got points on your bench. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I should, uh, this, there was definitely a silver lining that sort of recent transfers. I did Jimenez and Duffy last week and they didn't come off. But this week they came in really well, uh, which means, a, yeah, small lead over some of you guys. Um but I guess it's just—it's always what might have been. You get more frustrated in the things you get wrong than the things you get right. So, Yota sitting there as the next sub on the bench is a, a frustrating one. And also, yeah. just watching the games, just look like, say, um, Aubameyang got the penalty. Okay, well, that's going to be points, probably bonus points. 
Pogba, yeah, gets a penalty. You think if he scores this, lots of bonus points, good, yeah. And then I was watching, I was transferred in Sterling this week, and I'm watching the highlights of um, the Man City Bournemouth game, and Bournemouth had no shots, no corners, no, no attacks whatsoever. Um, and he seemed to have like two or three almost nearly chances, um, but couldn't quite get the goal. So that was quite frustrating too. Yeah. Um, next up, I think it's me. I'm coming in with 35 points at the moment. Um, I think that's where I'm going to end up. It's another red arrow for me. And I've plummeted from my high position in the top 5K. I've now plummeted to edge of the top 30k in six game weeks with six red arrows in a row which has been a pretty dramatic fall um yeah um Pogba captain again I don't think anyone should be beating themselves up about that you know he's partially captain because he gets penalties and you want your captain to get penalties and yeah he missed that one so that was annoying um Fabianski got me a clean sheet Alexander Arnold um with maximum bonus, so that's been nice over the last couple of games. He's turned loads of points, and he's finally repaying some faith because I've stuck with him for a little while now. Um, in comparison to you, Matt, your recent transfers have kind of slowly come to fruition. Mine was Pereira recently, and he has returned uh, terribly since I brought him in. So in the last two games, despite uh, the last three games, despite playing all of them, he's got two points in three games, which is awful. Um, but it was nice watching the game um, this afternoon to see that Rogers played a back three and Pereira was the right wing back. So he was a lot more involved in the attack this time around. So hopefully he sticks with that. Um, you know, they got... Yeah. They've got um, some juicy fixtures coming up, haven't they? They have. They've got Fulham at home next. Um, so that's that's a reason to keep holding and not least because uh, not just because of that but they also have they play in 31 so hopefully he can start getting some attacking returns when I brought him in he was actually I think he was the most attacking fullback or he he had the highest chance of goal involvement for a for a defender in 2019 but since then he's dropped off a cliff which is pretty awful apart from that nothing else really happened um Bennett's get, getting suspended for two games which is annoying but um he can get I can get rid of him anyway. Barnes got me a goal, and and that was about it, to be honest. Um, next up, I think it's Ben. Ben, how was your game week? Uh, bad. <laughs> so I got. I think I'll end up on thirty nine minus four points. I took a hit, so I'll also end up on thirty five points. Ah, uh, this is my ninth red arrow in a row, so I'm comfortably being you, Duncan, in that respect. Um. And I've actually fallen out of the top 100k now. So kind of panic stations. Um, so this week I took a hit because I had banked a transfer. Um, I took out Kolasinic for Alexander-Arnold, which I think is a good move. Probably should have done it a lot earlier. Um, and then I think I, similar to Matt, I'm, I'm kind of planning around the double game week. So I took Salah out for Sterling, which... Um, didn't really work out, but at least I didn't captain Pogba. Like Matt said, Sterling missed some great chances. I think he missed two two one-on-ones. But you could say the same for Salah today. He he missed also a couple of really good chances. And then um, I took out Obama Yang for Aguero, 
which I guess worked out because um, Aubameyang got minus points. <laughs> <laughs> worked out with two points. Yeah. Um, I also brought in Pereira a couple of weeks ago and he's been awful um, and this week just to add insult to injury both my starting goalkeepers got dropped so Patricio I knew about from the press conference that they wanted to give Ruddy like a game before the FA Cup um, the Palace one I'm a bit I don't really know what's happening because Paeta has been starting but then he decided to play Hennessy so I, I kind of need to wait to see if that's a permanent dropping or whether he played Hennessy because Burnley are like tall and they have a ton of crosses and maybe Hennessy's better on crosses. Um, so yeah, pretty bad game week saved by Jimenez with 12 points and I guess Trent with nine. And then Hazard got an assist against Fulham, but probably probably would be expecting more Chelsea-Fulham. So yeah, pretty bad. Um don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I guess from your transfers, it sounds like you're setting up your team to be ready for double game week 32 and you're going to free hit in 31. Is that right? Yep, that's my plan. Okay. Good plan. Just good plan. Good. So it seems like that's the plan for most of us on the pod apart from me. Andy, are you the same? I am the same, yeah. I, uh, I wild-carded um, before the midweek because I was sliding down the league and... Uh, I thought the players that I wanted to bring in were, were sort of, if I did the wild card later in time for game week 30, 32, then I would just be missing out on points. So I, I did it a good midweek, got, got 60 points. But then this week, um, I've had an absolute disaster. Um, 27 points is what I'm on right now. And it was made even more galling by the fact that I went to sleep on Friday night, believing that I played my bench boost. Woke up and celebrated Jota getting 11 points and Barnes getting six, and then realized after that that I didn't have the points. <laughs> which was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, so I have, uh, at the moment, I have, very annoyingly, if, if Doherty had not been brought on for like the last 30 minutes of that game, Jota would be coming into my team, but he was, so he's not. Patricio didn't play, Dubravka did, um, but got zero points, so that's not very helpful. Um, Martial didn't play, Shah did, he got zero points, not very helpful. So I will end up on 27 points plus. I don't know whether Robertson and Matip are going to get any uh, bonus points. That might take me up a little bit. But it's been a pretty bruising week this week, um, especially right after playing a wild card like that. So I'm not very happy right now. Um, I feel bad for you because um, you've got some ground to catch up. But I think this applies to you and to Matt. Um, what are you guys doing leaving Hyotta on the bench at home to Cardiff? Well, I thought I'd play my bench boost. Like, I didn't okay, think he so was on the bench. <laughs> that's fair enough for you. But what about you, Matt? Um, well, I thought there'd be goals in the Arsenal-Tottenham game. Um, and reading the press conferences in between, in midweek, he said, uh, what's the manager's name? Espirito Santo was saying that, oh, I'm going to rest quite a few players. I need to re- rotate. We're getting quite tired. And you have to get subbed all the time anyway. So I thought he might be a bit of... Um, he might just get one point for me because he won't he won't stay sixty minutes even if he does play. And uh, yeah, he hadn't done anything recently, so I thought, well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to play him, but I'd rather play some other players, and it didn't come off. What was really quite frustrating as well because Doherty didn't start and came on for Yotta, so it's like, oh no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, you damn it, you Doherty uh, came on and. Took off the opportunity for me to get Yotte off the bench. Yeah, really annoying. Um, 
shall we should we take a quick break and and when we come back we can we can preview game week 30 okay game week 30 um let's look ahead let's move on from this terrible game week and i think let's come to matt first for crystal palace brighton matt what do you reckon this is like the long range derby, isn't it? I think they, they they're quite they don't teams don't like each other or the fans don't like yeah. each other. I think they is it I think it's Palace that call themselves the Eagles because Brighton have a chant about seagulls. So they like to steal their chant and chant Eagles, Eagles. Mm. Yeah, it's the bird the yeah, the birds derby, isn't it? Seagulls <laughs> yeah. <and Eagles>. Avian derby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so, I mean, I don't know if that means it'll be a fiery affair. I mean, it's not a classic derby still, but... Um... It should be a flighty affair, shouldn't it? <laughs> Very witty. I have no riposte to that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, derbies, I often think, a bit like what's happened uh, in some of the matches this weekend, uh, tend to mean that the teams can often cancel each other out just because they both don't want to lose so much that they, they maybe play slightly overcautious. Um, and so I can see this being um, a bit of a cagey, low-scoring affair. Uh, but if any team's going to win it, it'd probably be Palace because they're at home and they have a much, much better strike force in Batshuayi, Zaha, Townsend, Mlijevic, um, than Brighton, who I couldn't, I couldn't recommend a single Brighton attacker at the moment. Um, so, I mean, I, I reckon it could be a draw, but um, at the same time, yeah, if that. If there's going to be a winner, I think it would be um, maybe something like a Batshuayi or a Zaha getting a goal. I Zaha's think... looking good these days. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, that jinky goal he got again. He's just so hard to tackle, but now if he's ad- actually adding some finishing to his game, he could be. he's a, he's a very good player. Um, and Batshuayi seems to be settling in quite nicely as a decent finish this weekend. Um, yeah, they're a bit of a threat going forward, Palace. I, I really like the look of Andone for Brighton. He doesn't seem to get many starts, but I think maybe next season, if he, he looks like he's going to get a run on the team, he, he looks like a nice option. Well, I put I put Duffy in the lineup because I think he might be one of their top scorers this season um, from centre-back. Uh, they build a lot of their team play around just getting crosses in and set pieces. So I think that's where Brighton's goal might, might come from. Well, he's fingers crossed. Nice Duffy goal. That'd be, that'd be lovely. And even... Even though he hasn't scored recently, he's having a huge number of attempts. I think it was 10 goal attempts in the last four game weeks previous to game week 29. And even even despite um, not scoring, he's getting the bonus for you. Yeah, well, I mean, they seem to be building their attack around their centre-back, which sort of shows the type of club they are at the moment. But um, yeah, it's... uh... I'm pleased the transfer in. He's he's looking quite good um, with the nine points he got me this week. Uh, plus, he's got fixtures in the game double game week thirty two. So, um, does he also have a another game week, another double game week in the bag as well because of the blank they had in twenty seven? Um, is... Yes, yeah, so he's got yeah he's got two two games that have yet to be fixtured between now and the end of the season. Because, uh, yeah, he missed out on... Well, Brighton missed out on Chelsea. But it is Chelsea away, so it's not like uh, you expect Brighton players to score massively in that one. And if you do, you expect it to be from a set piece. And, you know, Duffy would be the most likely from that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, he could be another, like, 15-pointer in a double game week. I think he's a great shout in the team. 
Um, ben, what do you reckon to Cardiff West Ham? So Cardiff, I think, are not very good right now, and they lost Sol Bamba. Um, I think he got a knee injury in the Wolves game. Um, so I think West Ham will win this one. They look pretty impressive at home to Newcastle. Um, I noticed that Lanzini is back and played a full 90 minutes. Um, I think people who've held on to Felipe Anderson has been, have been a bit frustrated um, because West Ham have been winning, but he hasn't been really contributing any points. Um, but I think, this, again, this is another game where if you've kept Anderson for this long, you might as well play him. Um, but not super excited by a ton of West Ham assets um, in general because they kind of spread points between them. Um, I think this week it was Snodgrass and Noble that got points. Um, Arnatovic, not really an option because he, he came off on the bench for Chicharito who got points. So kind of hard to predict where their points are going to come from, but I think West Ham will, should win this game. I think that's fair enough. I think Cardiff are one of those teams at the moment that you look to see who they're playing and consider bringing in players for that fixture. So I think, yeah, it's fair enough. It's annoying about Arnatovic because he would be a great player to to bring in for the game week 31 blank. I think they have Huddersfield at home in that in that fixture, and I was kind of hope, kind of keeping an eye on him, hoping he'd play a few minutes, and maybe get a goal here or there. Um, but there's yeah, there's just no sign of him starting at the moment. Um, next up, I think it's I think it's me with Huddersfield Bournemouth. Um, I mentioned that Cardiff are one of the teams that I keep an eye out for, see who they're playing in each game week because they're on a pretty bad run. Huddersfield are in that kind of category as well for me. I kind of checked them out to see who's going to get a clean sheet that week. It's normally who's playing against Huddersfield. Um, but recently, they've they've been actually seeming to keep things fairly tight. Um, they narrow loss to Brighton um, recently. And before that, they actually got the narrow 1-0 win against Hull. So he seems, the new manager, Jan Sievert, seems to have tightened them up. Even against Arsenal, they only lost 2-1. Um, so he seems to have tightened things up. I think he's dropped uh, Zanka, brought in Congolo at centre-back and changed a few of the personnel and maybe changed the system slightly. So maybe he's just trying to make them a bit harder to beat playing less expansive football. But I think this will be a test against Bournemouth. They've had a tough run of fixtures um, pretty much since Christmas and um, obviously difficult to get any kind of run of form up in, through those fixtures. You know, they've got hammered against Arsenal. They've had injuries to Steve Cook, so they're playing um, Mefram at centre-half, and he's had a, a tough time kind of with his first starts for Bournemouth. But I think we've seen with Bournemouth in this bad run of fixtures, whenever they get a chink of light against a, a, an easier opponent, they they don't seem to be affected by having you know been knocked around by bigger teams. They come out and Fraser sometimes gets an assist and they score goals. So I'd, I'd, I'd be backing them to come out and do that. It's possible that um, Callum Wilson will be fit to play in this fixture, whether from the bench or whether from the start. We'll have to wait for the injury news, but that'll be a boost to them. And David Brooks as well is back. I think he was in the bench um, uh, in game week 29. So you know, potential there for a start and a bit of freshening things up. And he was really on fire before he went off with his injury. So, yeah, I think looking a bit more positive for Bournemouth, and I, I would imagine that they will um, take the game to Huddersfield. 
um, get some goals. And this is when Bournemouth's fixtures really swing. So game week 30 is the start of their great run of fixtures. Um, yeah, pretty much until the end of the season. So, um, and of course, they play game week 31 as well. So if you're going with the strategy of building for 31, then you know, they're seriously players to consider. Um, and 33 as well. Uh, yeah, so Callum Wilson, maybe not just yet, but um, Fraser, Brooks, um, yeah, I, I would consider them. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Leicester Fulham? So Fulham are another one of those teams that you look out for who they're playing against because their defence has been so awful so far this season, but they actually looked a lot better this week, I thought. Um, a lot more balanced. Uh, Ryan Babel had a few uh, few decent runs through the Chelsea midfield. Um I thought they, you know, they, they actually had a goal disallowed right at the end as well for Sessegnon, so um, could have drawn that game. Um, it looked like there's been a, a bit of a bounce there. So, um, obviously, Leicester should be experiencing the same thing. That this could be a really good game, I think. Um, could be maybe a one-all or a two-all. Um, both teams are, are more comfortable going forward than they are defending. Um, so, I, I think this is a, a good one for the attacking players. If you've got the likes of um, of Madison or uh, Vardy in your squad, then I think they should be playing. Likewise, if anyone still has Mitrovic or has transferred in the likes of, uh, of Babel or or, um, or Kenny, um, those players would be worth worth picking for this one. I think it could be an exciting one. Um, I'm not sure whether it's on TV, but if it is, it could be one where just out of nowhere, it's a really good game and one to watch. So that's, that's my kind of uh, my thinking for this one: attacking players in, defensive players out. I think that's fair enough. Having just brought in Pereira. Leicester just can't seem to keep a clean sheet. So I think, yeah, Fulham attackers is not a bad shout. And I think you have to wait and see on the injury news on Vardy because he came off. It didn't look like a horrific injury, but he came off and went down the tunnel in the second half after scoring his goal. So, yeah, just one to watch because um, he's definitely a player, I think, that's worth considering at the moment. He's got two and two. Um, there's, there's some stats going around about how, how many goals he scores after a new manager is put in at Leicester. Um, so he's definitely one of those players who benefits from the new manager bounce. Um, so if yeah. he is fit, it's a it's a great fixture for him, isn't it? It is one that I thought looked really really lively in the uh, Chelsea Fulham game was uh, Tom Kenny. He was only four point six million. So if you're looking for a super cheap enabler in midfield, I think you could do a lot worse than him with uh, with uh, with the new manager coming in and um, decent fixtures for the rest of the season as well. Two bad fixtures and the rest are good. Yeah, maybe wait till thirty three. Because um, you know Liverpool and Man City coming up—that's tough. But yeah, yeah. But then after that, after that, yeah. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Newcastle Everton? Um, so Newcastle have been on a run of form, um, but they lost to West Ham yesterday, uh, which I think people were a little bit surprised about. Um, which shows that they've really improved their form recently. Um, I. It, it's, it's. I think there's a few fixtures this week that look, look quite tight because I'm trying to uh, pick teams and um, who to play and who to transfer in. But Newcastle Everton looks like a, quite an even affair. So I'd imagine maybe a score draw of some sort. And if if people have got Rondon or Almir on, then there's definitely chances of scoring against that Everton defence because Marco Silva, I don't think, really coaches defensive football. Um, but likewise, Everton's just had a good result against Liverpool. Um, and the week week before that as well, they they thrashed um, Cardiff away, and that was away from home as well. So players like Siggy could also get get points in this one. 
really annoying to see um, Richarlison, who a lot of people are holding on to despite his terrible run of form because he plays in 31 and they'll obviously have other transfers to make ahead of him. But he didn't start in the Moosai Derby, but he came on and he looked really bright. So maybe he just needs a rest um, and he's he's still a good player. Um, yeah, hopefully hopefully keeps on playing. But do you think he's a, a player to get rid of or a, a player to hold on to? I mean, if you're doing, if you're playing for 31, then he's sort of that. That's such a strange game week that he might be one of the few players that you think, oh yeah, it's a good fantasy asset, and he's playing the game. But his form, it, it sort of mirrors what it was last season, where he looked really, really good in the first half of the season, and then just seemed to stop scoring in the second half. And it's got to the extent that he's now been dropped from the team, and people weren't um, sort of raising too many eyebrows about it on, on, on TV. But yeah, you're right. When he came on, he did look a lot better than he coming for Walcott um, had looked prior to that. So you got you got to think he's going to win his place back. But does that mean he's going to score goals? It's still a bit of a question mark. There's also a question mark over him and how he plays against the bigger teams. Sometimes I think he can disappear. And their fixture in game week 31 is Chelsea at home. So I, it's just annoying. They can't just get rid of him. But it feels a bit silly to spend a hit. Um, on a player where you should be getting rid of other players who aren't playing that that blank fixture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, ben, what do you reckon to Southampton Spurs? Um, so I think this will be an interesting game as well. Um, I think the good thing about Southampton is they don't really try and park the bus, so they they try and play football. So I'm actually a little bit hopeful with. If you have Spurs assets here, that they could get some points. Um, although they didn't play particularly well against Arsenal, so um, I still have Youngman Son, so I'm hoping he'll be able to do something at Southampton. Um, Kane has come back and has been scoring, um, and Ericsson, Ericsson as well. Um, but I think this will be a tough game for Spurs. Um, I can see them either drawing or maybe nicking a win, but I think there'll be goals in this. Um, I thought Redmond and um, who's the other guy? Armstrong. Armstrong. They look pretty bright against Man U. Um, so maybe they're decent punts. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a tough game for Spurs. I can see them drawing this and continuing to bottle it like they normally do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping they'll, the, the attackers will get some points. It, re- it really looks like Son's form has fallen off a cliff at the exact same time that Harry Kane has come back and is back on form. Do you think there's an effect that Kane's having, potentially? Maybe. Although, early in the season, I remember Kane and Son were were quite good as a duo, and Kane was more deep, and Son was like further up front. Um, and Spurs have had tough fixtures, too, against Chelsea and Arsenal. So, um, I think this will be a, a good test for them to see, coming out of Chelsea-Arsenal, will they be able to play some better football and, and start scoring some goals? Um, so I'm definitely going to hold for this game because Southampton are a pretty open team as well. Like Man U created a lot of chances against them. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for this game in terms of attacking returns. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to Sun maybe just for this game week before he goes. So, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Um, next up, it's me with Man City-Watford. Um it's at the late kickoff on Saturday. Normally, I would say, you know, it's Watford. Um, 
Man City at home. This is going to be a field day. But um, I brought in Aguero um, a couple of game weeks ago because of the three fixtures that he had um, coming up. So it's West Ham at home, Bournemouth away, and Watford at home. And those were, you know, at that time, they were down the bottom of the league for the amount of chances conceded. And Aguero had come off the back of two home hat tricks. So it was, it just seemed like an obvious move to make. But uh, West Ham at home, a narrow 1 0 win with a Aguero penalty, Bournemouth away. Um, Aguero wasn't sure to start, wasn't sure he was going to play a lot. He played a lot of the minutes, but it was still a, a narrow win. Bournemouth kind of packed the defence, narrow 1 0 win. Um, so it feels like that time of the season, maybe when Man City's injuries are starting to rack up slightly. You know, De Bruyne, um, a few of the centre backs have gone out and they're grinding out those title winning 1 nils. Um, and they seem, you know, that they're, they're fighting for it at the moment, they're not really flowing completely. So, whereas I would have thought this would be a great fixture for Man City, um, I thought Watford looked pretty solid against Leicester. Um, and. It's, it doesn't look as easy as I, I thought it would be to preview. I think it, it, based on City's recent form against teams like this and their injuries, maybe they're going to have to grind it out again. And it's sad to say, but it's it's tricky with the, the captaincy this week. Is it Aguero and Sterling at home to Watford, or is it Salah struggling for form slightly at the moment at home to Burnley? Um, yeah, I think if you've got your Man City assets, obviously you have to keep them. Um, but I don't know if this fixture looks as as great as it, it as it you might have thought a few game weeks ago. Um, Troy the Deeney one... is it? Oh, sorry, Matt. Sorry, it's the one thing I would say on that though is that when Watford played Liverpool just a couple of weeks back, they got smashed five 0 So I don't know how good they are away away from home against a really big team. Um, they did. Yeah. They seem to concede a lot of headed chances in that game as well. Um, I'm, I'm not so sure that City would be able to kind of provide the same goal threat as, say, Virgil van Dijk. Um, mm. And especially and it... with De Bruyne out, whether they, if he is going to be out for this game, although it, it looked like it was you know, a fairly serious injury, whether they're going to put that kind of quality of cross in as Alexander-Arnold. And I'm not sure... Aerial threat is how you beat Watford. I think you beat Watford by running at them and, and like through some more guile than that. They're a big, strong, solid team with like uh, burly players at the back and at the front. I think they're 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 more susceptible to the kind of team that City are than a team like Bournemouth might be. Even though Bournemouth are more of an attacking team, um, they're more like small and skillful, whereas Watford are big and burly. I think. Uh, Pep's teams have always got a way around teams like that. And they'll, um, I don't know, I think particularly players like um, Aguero with the, the level of skill that he has, I think the Watford defenders are going to be all at sea against him. But if Pep was saying before the Bournemouth game, you know, he's he was exhausted in the last game, he needs a rest, Jesus needs to come in. He still played 80, 89 minutes of that game. City, you know, it's a fairly easy opponent considering... Um, how well they've been playing this season and Aguero he said he needs a rest and then straight after this game they go into the uh, the game against Schalke in the Champions League on Tuesday night so I would imagine that this would be a real prime period for uh, Pep to rotate Aguero 
and say it could be that's know, true Jesus um, is fit and we're going to play him that is always the risk isn't want... it with City players is that you yeah. never know what Pep's going to do um, but whoever plays I think they will, whoever, whoever plays I think definitely has the level of skill to get through Watford I'm, I'm not as worried as you are as a team in this game I think they're definitely going to win it it's a matter of who gets the points rather than uh, whether they get the points I think yeah I, I would have a real concern over Aguero though so I think it's I'd, I'd say at least maybe not the man to captain this week um, just because of rotation fears um, I, the one thing I would say is Man City are now for the first time in a long while, like top of the league by one point, they go, they play first this weekend. The title race is really close. I don't think I'd be shocked if Pep didn't play like his big guns for this. Um, Cause I think they, they want to open up that gap to Liverpool and really put the pressure on for them playing Sunday. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Pep likes to rotate. I mean, Pep obviously rotates a lot, but, the title race is really close. Like no, none of those teams can really afford to, I think, kind of mess around and play these kind of weird lineups. So, I'd be surprised if Aguero didn't play after a week a week of rest. Yeah, and but, maybe but maybe, maybe he can afford to rest against Shaq because um, you could fairly argue that they stand a better chance of getting through in the Champions League with a weekend team than they do of winning the league. Yeah, maybe his league, the league, is going to be his priority this season. Um, because of how close it is. Yeah. Um, but as always, it is pep roulette slightly and you're just left guessing. Yeah. I guess if you have those City players, you have to leave them in. It's just whether you captain them or not. Um, Andy, what do you reckon to Liverpool-Burnley? Um, Liverpool's attack is looking really off, isn't it, at the moment? So uh, I haven't got any Liverpool attackers in my team at the moment because they just haven't haven't been doing it. Um, their defence conversely looks great. So... Uh, I think this is going to be a very sort of turgid affair with uh, with Burnley. Obviously, Burnley away against Liverpool, they're going to defend very stoutly and um, stick ten men behind the ball, um, and then try and try and hit Liverpool on the counter attack. The trouble is that Burnley's main weapon of, uh, of of hitting it long to the likes of Woods and Barnes doesn't really work against um, Virgil Van Dijk. So I don't really think Burnley have got much that will break Liverpool down either. Um, so I think this is going to be either nil-nil or one-nil to Liverpool. Uh, one for the defenders. You've got I've got two Liverpool defenders who this is like exactly the kind of fixture that I'd want to play them in. Um, I urge others to do the same. Um, Matip I brought in and has been a, a great signing for me at four point nine million for the period when uh, Lovren and Gomez have been out because it's very cheap and it keeps getting clean sheets. Um, so that's obviously one that um, that's, that's been working and I'm definitely going to play him in this game. Um, yeah, I think that's that. That's kind of kind of it, really. Um, it could be that you see Liverpool rotate up front because of how sort of poor their final ball's been recently. So you might see um, the likes of Shakiri or Lalana come in for this game just to mix it up and see if he can coax a bit of form out of his uh, his forward line. Um, so I don't think it's one to captain Liverpool forward players. Um, aside from their form, but just because if I were Klopp, I'd be looking to change things up a little bit. Yeah, not only changing it up because they need a maybe they need a rest, maybe they just need a some fresh ideas, but they also have Bayern away on Tuesday, and that's a much tougher fixture than Man City's home to Schalke. And nil nil from the first leg, and they have to go go away to Bayern and get a result, get an away goal. Um, so yeah, definitely a prime fixture again for for resting those players, like you say, Andy. Yeah, 
That's uh, I had that is a good point. I'm glad you mentioned that the uh, the midweek game is obviously a big factor too. Yeah. Oh, it makes it really tough for picking a captain this week um, with those guys. Maybe can we see another captain in in the Chelsea game that Chelsea Wolves? Well, I mean, potentially. Uh, I've been eyeing up um, Aguero recently, but also keeping one eye on Higuain and how his form's doing. He's got a goal today, um, and he's got himself two bonus points, I think, on the way for him. So uh, he he looks like a tempter. And then Hazard, of course, is that enigma that uh, he gets loads and loads of points across the whole season. You just can't predict in which games they're going to be in. Um, and Wolves, you'd expect Chelsea to win. Asari seems to have turned them around. Their form's really improved just... Um, last couple of game weeks uh, but Wolves are a decent decent outfit so they they really could come unstuck you, you, I wouldn't say this is one where you think oh this is Chelsea at home they're going to thrash the opposition um, so it, it could be a close game but um, I'm very tempted to bench my Wolves assets even though I have just been burnt by Yotta this, this week Really tough team to predict aren't they Chelsea they from one week to another, you just don't quite know how they're going to set up. Well, how if they're going to turn up, you know how they're going to set up. It's going to be the same every time, but very yeah. difficult to predict. Yeah, yeah, and the, the pricing of their assets as well is. is I mean, Hazard's quite expensive, and you can't rely on him. Um, Higuain, I mean, he promises a lot, but hasn't really been scoring until maybe just last the last game week. Um, and the other ones going forward get rotated. I mean, David Luiz is the only one I'm really looking at because he's sort of just about affordable for a Chelsea defender and, and maybe gets a bit of a goal threat as well. Yeah, well, even he didn't play today. Um, it was Christensen and Rudiger today, so even him. There we, <laughs> there we go. That just added to that jeopardy yet again. Yeah, well, one, one thing that I, I think for this game is um, Wolves tend to really up their game against the big teams um they sort of they lost to Huddersfield but then they've uh they've, they've had some great results against the likes of City and, and United and Arsenal so I think that um that you you'll probably see Wolves at their best in this game but conversely one one big thing from this morning I picked out was um that Jorginho not he scored a goal but he looked really good like it was I think the best performance I've seen from him this season you don't know whether that's because um Sarri has figured it out or whether that's because it was Fulham um, but I think it's going to be a really high-quality game this where Jorginho, who is really key to everything Chelsea do, um, and the enabler for all of the actual point scorers is uh, is coming is sort of coming in confident, which he hasn't been recently. Um, while Wolves are really really up for it, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, looking forward to that game. I think just on Higuain, I think looking back at his his form recently since he's come into the Chelsea team, he's got. Two goals against Huddersfield. He's got a goal against Fulham. So maybe in this initial phase where he's just getting to know the squad and how they play and set up, he's just picking up goals against the worst teams in the league. And I don't think Wolves are, like you say, one of those teams. They've raised their game. Um, defensively, they have been slightly suspect in the second half of the season, but it's it's not one of those walkover teams. So maybe maybe we leave Higuain for another week or two. Yeah, um, I, bet, I think he just has to prove himself. But he, I think the one thing I would say is I think he does pass the eye test at the moment. He, um, you see him making the right runs. He has come close to scoring quite a few times. He's not quite gone in. Um, so I, I'm keeping an eye on him. Yeah. 
Um, you just need to see him do it against one of the slightly bigger teams first. Ben, what do you reckon to Arsenal Man United? Oof. Um, this one is, uh, I think, will be a good game. I think Arsenal are playing really well since they since they lost to Man City. Um, I think they were they were the better team than than Spurs. Man, you have a lot of injury problems, so <clears throat> I think this will be a tough game for Man U. Um, if we if we have the same lineup as we did this weekend with McTominay, Pereira, um, in midfield, Fred, <laughs> um, I think I think we will we we're in danger of of losing this game. Um, if we get some of the key men back, um, maybe we can we can we normally do well against Arsenal away by hitting them on the counter attack. Um, so maybe if we get, I don't, I don't know what the injury news is on our other players like Martial, um, Matic, um, those kind of players. Mata is injured as well. Um, so I think it will depend on injury news. I think maybe a draw if we get our good players back. If I think if we really had the same lineup as this weekend, I think we'll be in a bit of trouble. Also, we've got to go away to PSG as well, so that's not good. Um, so yeah, I can see this being a slip-up game for Man United, but I don't know if I'm overly pessimistic. I think that's that's a really good shout <clears throat> with, with the PSG game. You know, it's following a Champions League game. That's a, always a tough fixture. And then you look at Arsenal, and they really don't have a huge amount of in, injuries in comparison to Man U. They've got Bellerin out and holding out. Torreira is suspended, but apart from that and Welbeck, they've got a, a clean bill of health and. They're looking pretty good form and they're up for the big game. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout as a slip-up. Um, Andy, Matt, what do you reckon? Um, I think um, this will be a really interesting one for Paul Pogba because um, he obviously won't be playing against uh, PSG midweek, so he should be fresher than maybe some other players. Um, Martial is expected to be back for this game, I think, which um, we obviously Paul Pogba often links very well with Martial. Um but I don't think that's going to translate into fantasy points because if you look at what happened this week, um, McTominay was kind of, uh, and Pereira as the deep line midfielders in the first half were kind of getting overrun by Southampton, who are obviously not as good as Arsenal. But then uh, the thing that turned the game was we switched Pereira and Pogba's position. So Pereira was playing further forward and Pogba was playing deeper. And Pereira then immediately went out and scored. Um, and... Uh, Pogba sort of started orchestrating the game from a little bit deeper like he did for France in the World Cup. So I I suspect we might line up that way in this game um, with uh, with Pogba. Obviously, I think we'll see a good performance from him, especially with the likes of... Like, Torreira, I think, is an important player for, for Arsenal in a game like this, and he'll be missing. Um, so there will be more freedom maybe for him to, to, to orchestrate, but I, I think he'll be supplying the ammunition rather than actually scoring like he has done recently. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, Matt. Do you agree? Um, I think, yeah, excellent points from all round, really. But um, the one thing I'd say is that uh, both teams seem to be set up at the moment in the big games to want to counter-attack against each other. Um, and so if they both want to sit back and counter against the other, other team, then it could end up being a bit of a damp squib of a game where no one really commits going forward because they're too scared of the quick quick players that each other have um, been turned around. Um, so I, I don't know. I haven't yet seen Arsenal play counter attack at home. 
I don't know if I've ever seen. I like Emery's pragmatism, but I haven't seen him quite that pragmatic yet. I think he still tries to control the ball at home and and take the game to the opposition. That might not be a bad tactic to try and counterattack, but um, I imagine it would set up quite similar to the FA Cup game, which we lost two one to you guys because. Yeah, I think yeah, you guys maybe. are ready for counter, and we're ready to try and set the set the game. So, but you, you did that against Tottenham, and it worked so well that I wouldn't be surprised if you maybe see it as a a good route in the big games. Um, but you're right; I think um, Solskjaer will probably try exactly the same tactics, tactics again, and uh, therefore a lot will depend on Rashford's form um, in this one. One one last thing I have on this game is um, <clears throat> Diogo Dallo playing right wing. Uh, that's a, a really interesting one because that was another thing that, that changed uh, just after half time and, and turned the game in our favour against Southampton. It's the second time that Solskjaer has deployed Dallow on the right wing and it's been pretty successful um, given our the, the number of injuries we have in that position. You might see um, you might see him repeat that against Arsenal, which would be obviously bad for the other attacking players people might have in other manual attacking players that people might have in their teams. Um but at five point three defender playing right wing for Man U could be a decent shout. And he's looked really dangerous as well when he's played in that position. Yeah. Um, what do people think to whipping boys? It's a slightly tough one, but um, yeah, Matt, you're first. Who's your whipping boy for game week thirty? Um, so you're right. I think it is a tough one this week. Um, I'm going to go for um, Liverpool against Burnley. Um, so you think? Burnley are the whipping boys. That's that's my my punt, but what's I think your, Man City Watford's closer too. Um, I just think Man City and Liverpool are both at home against teams which are, I mean, they're, they're mid table, but I think they still have thrashings uh, potentially in them. Um, and out of the two of them, I think on balance that yeah, Liverpool at home to Burnley. I think Burnley aren't, aren't as good as Watford, and therefore um, they're my nominated whipping boy. Oh, interesting. Okay, Ben, what do you reckon? I'm going to go Burnley 2, only because I don't have Salah, and I think he's going to punish me. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Okay, Andy, are you Burnley or are you Watford? I guess those are the two options. Um, I'm neither, actually. I knew you'd be neither. (laughs) I forgot who I was asking. Sorry. (laughs) So the, the two I'm looking at are, um, are Fulham and Brighton. I think either of those could get tonked. Um, Leicester's uh, Brendan Rodgers-inspired um, new manager bounce might do Fulham. Or Crystal Palace have been on great form. And Wilf Zaha tearing Brighton apart could happen. So I'm kind of choosing between those two. I think I'm probably going to say Fulham because I think Brighton are better at the back. Okay. Um I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with Matt and Ben and say Burnley. Um, it's it's I think it's tough. I think my choice would have been between Watford or Burnley this week. Um, I think I've mentioned City are not in full form and they've been sc- scrabbling the wins together. But um, Liverpool's attack isn't in great form as well, and Burnley love to sit back and play their tough kind of defensive football and that could really work badly with an out-of-form Liverpool attack. So it's tough to call between both of those two. I think if it, if it was close, I might go for Watford, but as it is, it's 
Burnley are our whipping boys. Um, what about gut punts? Matt, I'm going to come to you as your top of the tree this week. Oh, before I do, actually, just review our gut punts from game week 28. Um, so, uh, obviously, we didn't have gut punts before 29, but uh, Gary went for Almiron. So, I don't think he got any returns yet, although he's looked bright. Ben's wedding uh, gut punt. Wedding present gut punt was Neves, who I don't think played. Oh, no, maybe he did play in Game Week 28, but uh, I don't think he did anything. I went for Ashley Barnes, um, who missed that game in his incredible scoring run and back in form this week. Matt, top of our our league for gut punts already with a, a, a pretty big lead, I think. You went for Mkhitaryan and extended it even further. You possibly even doubled your points at the top there. 14 points or 16 points for yeah. Mkhitaryan? I wish I was back to my own gut punt of Mkhitaryan by actually putting him on my side. It'd be in a, doing a great transfer. Yeah. And Andy, I think you went for Yotta, who in 28 didn't score, but it was a good pick because 29, 11 points, and you you put him on your bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, who's your, who's your gut punt for game week 30? Uh, so my gut punt for game week 30 is going to be Romelu Lukaku. Ah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> he's a man on form, isn't he? Because he's the man on form, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to pick a expensive premium Man United striker uh, who has such uh, low ownership at the moment because he's been outshone by Rashford in recent weeks. But he's he's really proving himself. It's it's. I think it's partly because he's been challenged by Rashford. He's he sort of had to up his game and. He's realised that unless he unless he plays better, then um, he, he's out of the team, and uh, he's responded to that. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a good pick, Ben. Who are you going to go for your gut punt? Um, my gut punt will be Lanzini away at Cardiff. He's six point four. He basically has zero point one percent ownership, and yeah, I've always thought he's been a he's a good player with good. Um, attacking threat, both assists and goals. And he, Newcastle was the first game he played the full 90, so um, I will punt on him this week. Nice one. Yeah, I love Lanzini, so it'd be nice to see him back on form. Um, quality player. And adding to West Ham's kind of riches for attacking players, If once they get them all back, they'll have a struggle fitting them in the team. Um, I've just noticed, I should say, um, in the fixtures... Um, Arsenal have an away trip before this this fixture that we were previewing Arsenal Man United. They have an away trip on a Thursday, no, a Tuesday night, um, just like Man U do away to PSG. So we didn't consider that when we were previewing the game. Maybe that's something to consider as well. But keep an eye out for those uh, European fixtures um, before you make your transfers. There's My no God. ways on Tuesday. Tuesday's Champions League. You're not in the Champions League. <laughs> I wish it was Tuesday. <laughs> it says on the schedule I'm looking at Tuesday, but it's probably Thursday, isn't it? It's UEFA, UEFA Cup, so a way to run a tough game. Um, I, my gut punt for this week was going to be Mishi Batshuayi, um, but I've I've changed my mind. I'm going to go for Gonzalo Higuain, based on Matt's logic of a premium striker um, who's in a bit of form, and it's at home. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Higuain. He's got a hit at some time, and maybe this is as good time as any, and just steal a march and you guys through picking value. So, 
Higuain is my shout, and hopefully he comes in. Andy, who's yours? I'm very annoyed. My first pick was Lanzini. My second pick was <laughs> Lukaku. <laughs> like, uh, this is outrageous. Who <laughs> else are we going to pick now? Have, um, well, you... have, have Duncan's discarded Batshuayi. He chucked in the bin. You can pick him up and have him if you want. Yeah, dust him off. No, I've, I've, I've found somebody else, but I'm not very happy with it. Uh, I'm going to go David Brooks for Bournemouth, playing against Huddersfield. Um, he's returned. He's on 3.2% team selected, so I can have him. And uh, he's a good player. So, David Brooks. I think that's a good shout. Yeah, pick the pick the player against Huddersfield um, and a man who was on form. So, that's a good pick. Gary's gone for Patrick Van Arnholt, PVA, um, in the in the avian derby. So I think that's not a bad shot as well. It's sometimes you get defenders scoring in those derby games and he loves, he loves a shot, doesn't he? Um, So I think that's a good pick. Um, What about clean sheets? Matt, I'm going to come to you first for your clean sheet. Um, So Liverpool against Burnley will be my, my clean sheet prediction. I think that's a pretty safe bet based on, uh, yeah, the respective teams. Ben, who's yours? Hmm, I'll just go Man City. They've kept a lot of clean sheets in a while. Yeah, but Watford have looked quite threatening at the front. You know, Delefeu, Dini's on form, Andre Gray's coming off the bench and getting goals. So, yeah, not as easy as potentially it seems. But um, we'll have to see Man City, obviously, all, all conquering at the moment. Andy, who's your clean sheet? Uh, Bournemouth against Huddersfield. Okay. Bournemouth. Um, I think I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Newcastle just because I think they've been quite strong at home recently, um, and keeping some clean sheets and looking quite good defensively at home. So, yeah, against the misfiring Everton. Matt, back to you. I mean, I honestly don't wouldn't like to predict many beyond this point, but. I think my next in line that I'd be going for would be Palace at home to Brighton. Yeah, fair enough. Ben, can you see any more? Uh, maybe West Ham against Cardiff, if you've got Fabianski. Yeah, West uh, Cardiff really struggling for goals at the moment. So I think West Ham are a good shout for this week, game week 13. And also considering game week... Um, 31 defenders, they're playing Huddersfield at home, so that's two nice fixtures for defenders and if you're playing for 31 they might be not a bad transfer to bring in, double up with Fabianski maybe um, Okay, can I see any more? There's Leicester, Fulham, probably not um, Maybe Spurs against Southampton? Yeah, I, I think Southampton are in a quite good attacking form at the moment, so I can't see one there either um, Maybe maybe Chelsea um, against Wolves, I think maybe maybe Wolves will have their their thoughts on the FA Cup um, rather than the Premier League. Now they've done enough in the Premier League, so yeah. Uh, any more for any more? Shout if you see them. Okay, we'll move on. Um, captains and transfers. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Talk us through what you're thinking. So my bus team settings at the moment have um, Sterling as captain um, and uh, Robertson as vice captain at the moment uh, because I think the Liverpool and uh, Man City games are the best ones and and they're the only two outfield players I've got from those two teams. Um, And 
I'm definitely trying to play Bissak, Juan Bissaka, uh, having missed out on his points last week because I think with him at home to Brighton might do something. I'm tempted to keep Duffy in there simply because uh, I predict it could be could be a nil-nil type affair with the Avian derby. Um, but uh, I'm, that would mean dropping Lindelof, which which I might do because um, it is is away at Arsenal. Um, and I'm thinking of uh, maybe transferring in uh, someone for Obama Yang um, uh, now that he's let me down uh, quite quite a lot recently and st- stuck with him. But that missed penalty, I think, is the final straw. Um, plus, he's playing Man U, so it's always seems like a good timing to to get rid. Um, and what I was thinking, I was tempted to go for Aguero, but I'm going to wait to the press conferences um, and and the European fixtures just to see if he's going to get rested or not. Yeah, you, I mean, you have to kind of be sure when you're planning ahead for game week 32 that these players are going to play two fixtures in game week 32. So mm. um, it's tough knowing that Jesus is now back. What about all your Wolves players? You've got three of them. They're in form. Are you going to play them away to Chelsea? So I'm going to tempt fate and uh, bench Yotta again, um, even though he's got the points and I've got Doherty on the bench too. So I, I have to play Jimenez really. Um because he's he's just been on such goal scoring form this season, um, and he's, he's he's done really well this just this last game week, but he's the only one I'm playing at the moment. Okay, um, Ben, what about your captains and transfers? So in my planning ahead, um, because I'm going to free hit in 31, I need I need to make a transfer this week, otherwise I lose it. Um, so I'm pretty set for my double game week team. I have enough players for my double game week. So I'll probably be trying to look in, get in a player who plays in 33, <clears throat> a midfielder in 33. So in game week 33, Leicester have Huddersfield away and Bournemouth have Burnley at home. So I'm probably going to get Camarasa upgrade to one of those midfielders. Um... I'm actually thinking about a throwback to early in the season, Ryan Frazier, because he, he's still taking all the set pieces. Um, Bournemouth have a decent, decent fixture this week. Um, so Frazier, I'm thinking about. David Brooks, I'm thinking about. From Leicester, I'm thinking about Madison. I was looking at Barnes, but it looks like him and Gray are kind of unclear who, who Rogers prefers right now. Um, so I'll probably... I think I might bring in Ryan Fraser for Camarasa and then play him this week and potentially tempt fate by benching Jimenez. Um, my bus captain right now is Sterling with Aguero as vice. So okay. that's what Take, I'm thinking. Taking some big calls, but I guess now is the time, isn't it? Yeah, I'm out. I mean, I'm out of the top 100k. I've got to, got to do something. <laughs> Old school Fraser. Get, get, get you back up there. Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's done it before in in the, the games with the good fixtures. So why not? Um, for me this week, I've I saved the transfer in the last game week. Um, I've got Laporte still injured in my team. I've got Bennett now suspended for two games, I think, um, and also with a double, well, a blank in thirty one. Laporte blank in thirty one. I've got Urente stinking up my bench. Um, along with Richarlison, but Richarlison plays 31. So I've got three players to get rid of, and I've got some players I don't want to play who are currently in my bus team. 
um, I want to drop. So I want to drop Barnes, although he's in good form, like we talked about, he's away to Liverpool. And if they, yeah, if they're going to struggle against Newcastle, they're going to struggle against Liverpool's defence. So I'd like to drop him out of the team. Um, so I need to bring in potentially two defenders and a striker. Um, and I want them to play in 31. Um, I was looking at um, was looking at players like Vardy, but um, I was looking at maybe Arnautovic, but that seems tough. Also considering players like Higuain, but um, yeah, it's it's tough at the moment. Does anyone have any good shouts? Because I've got two two uh, suspension and injury in my defence. Does anyone have a good shout for a defender to bring in um, with game week thirty one? Can can you see anywhere but the Liverpool defence? I can't at the moment. No, I would love to double up on Liverpool defence. It's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning <laughs> to trip, my, my plan is to triple up on Liverpool defence because they just don't concede. My, yeah. my problem with it is that Liverpool's fixture in 31 is a way to Fulham and I expect goals in that for Liverpool. I mean, clean sheet, possibly, yeah, but I, I imagine that Salah and Mane would be a better option than... Um, well, Salah, Mane, and Trent, rather than Salah, Trent, and Robertson. But I've I've had eyes for Robertson since Christmas after I got rid of him, so it'd be great to have him back. But yeah, would you prefer Mane or Robertson for for thirty one away to Fulham? Probably Mane. Yeah, tough one. It's a really oh, yeah, tough one, yeah. though, because I. Think- Mane will get more points going forward. Even though Robert, you think of Robertson as an attacking player, right? So you think of his assists. And he got 13 points against Bournemouth. Mane's so unpredictable. Like he can just not be there for a game and get nothing for you, or he or he'll get like 20 points for you. You just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think. I think maybe I just have to judge it on this fixture and so 30 and 31. 30, they've got a good. Um, clean sheet looking potential but a struggle to score goals and then 31 you know it's probable they'll pick up a clean sheet there as well so think about the two clean sheets rather than just returns for Mane against Fulham Burnley could be tough to break down uh, although they are our whipping boys um, <laughs> well I, not, not mine I just said, like to point that out <laughs> yeah and I, I was slightly begrudging so maybe I go for Robson then um, it's sort of a, it's a choice of like, do you want to go steady or sort of the potential um, explosiveness of Mane? Um, depends how much you want to roll the dice, really, on the transfer, isn't it? Because you, you're probably guaranteed a steady flow of points, Robertson. Uh, but Mane, as you say, he might do absolutely nothing, but then he might just get a hat trick. Yeah, he might get a couple or something. Yeah, it's tough. And also, I think the the thing is, there are great defenders. Well, there are great midfield options for 31. You know, there are. Um, there's the Madisons and all the Leicester midfielders who are potentially going to um, come into form and they have good fixtures. You know, it's Fulham at home this game week and that would be a great one for Madison on set pieces and Barnes. And and there's mid- midfield options rather than in defence. There doesn't seem to be a lot of great defensive options for 31. So I think maybe I've made my mind up. Robertson and then um, instead of bringing in Mane for Son, bring in Madison or something like that. Are you going to have um, 11 for game week 31? If I take it one hit, I will. Yeah. So I think that's probably worth it. Um, yeah. And just trying to cover the key players. So it would be annoying to miss out on Mane, but maybe thir- game week 30 is going to sway it for me. And then, yeah, Urente, 
Um, going to have to find someone slightly cheaper or maybe just make one transfer this game week. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going at the moment. Um, going to wait till the end of the week before I make a firm decision. Andy, what about you? Duncan, your captain will be Salah, I'm guessing. Um, Salah or Aguero. I think mm. I'm going to see how it goes in Europe. Um, I think Bayern away is pretty brutal. Um, having watched Arsenal struggle in that fixture for years, um, and whereas Watford at home, you know, Aguero might get um, 60 minutes, but it, um, uh, in in the Schalke game, he might get a bit of a rest if they've won. So um, I just keep an eye on those. It's a nice option to have, maybe. Um, yeah, Andy, what about you? So my overall objective for this uh, this transfer week is to triple up on Liverpool defenders um, because they don't concede very many goals and they, they, they don't have as many missing game weeks. Um, but I also think that Hongmin Son looks completely shattered and so losing him might be a, a good shout. So what I'm thinking of at the moment is to save some money by downgrading Son um, and then... Um, losing Doherty for Alexander-Arnold, which is a big shout, I know. Uh, the other option would be Shah, but I think that... I just have a hunch that Wolves might wind down because they're sort of stuck in mid-table now. Um, I have a hunch that maybe this Chelsea might be the last big fixture for them, after which they'll sort of just settle for mid-table and they won't be as up for it as they have been for the rest of the season. So... I'm going to, for the first time all season, I'm going to end up without Doherty then and, uh, and have Alexander-Arnold instead. That'll give me triple Liverpool defence. But then when I'm looking at midfielders, um, I kind of want David Brooks because he's got a great run of fixtures and he's a great player. But then I end up with my, uh, my eternal problem where I have three and a half million in the bank. <laughs> um, Andy, which is with really your team, <laughs> Andy, with your team, you're working towards game week 32, right? Yes. Then why are you building so many Liverpool players into your team? Don't you want as many double game week players as you can get? Well, I do, and I probably want to do. I'm probably here. I probably want to do this after that after that week, um, so that I get Wolves players. But um, I think you can you can build your entire like team towards that double game week, um, but you you never get every single player having having a double game week unless you completely sacrifice every other game with just for that one and you lose more points than you gain. Um, Fabian Shah isn't going to have a double game week anyway. So at the moment, I have nearly my entire team is, uh, is missing game week 31. Um, so I definitely need to play the free hit. I've got City players, I've got Man U players, and I've got three Wolves players. So um, I'm already pretty strong for that week, even if I don't change anything. So I'm not really... I think, I've done, I, think I, I think I feel like I've done my building already for that week. What about captaincy? Are you thinking Aguero? I'm thinking Rashford. Because um, I think that both Arsenal and Man U have pretty sketchy defences. And I think that this could be the one where uh, where Rashford's the main man for United. Um, and possibly, well, whoever plays out of um, Lacazette and Aubameyang, or both, I think it's likely that they'll score against United. But I think both teams are going to score in that game, so Rashford's a decent shout. Yeah, I mean, a bit of a differential as well, because I don't think many people would be going for him in that fixture. But if he plays like he did against us in the FA Cup, then it's 
not a bad shout. Um, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, give us a follow at FBLFFFanatics. It's been great to hear people getting in touch with us and recommending us to other people as a podcast. So, yeah, keep doing that. It's it's great to hear from you guys. Um, apart from that, I think it's time to say farewell. Matt, you're first up. Farewell. Say I goodbye, no- Ben. So I have nothing to say on uh, like catch- catchy <laughs> phrases. <laughs> I haven't got one out. <laughs> say goodbye, Ben. Uh, goodbye and hoping for another Spurs and goal this weekend. Yeah, another classy finish. Uh, say goodbye, Andy. Goodbye. I'm looking forward to celebrating a 3-0 victory over PSG for Man United midweek. Um, and I'm looking forward to the end of the Red Arrows. Um, farewell, game week 29. I will not miss you.